Hello, hi, I'm Erin Vandevin. Thanks for joining me today. This is Medium Lady Talks. This podcast is about figuring out the medium effort way to get the most out of life today. I hope the things I unpack here can role model and invite you to sort out your own ways to live life in the present. This is a show about experimenting to get closer to what matters most. I'm glad you're here, so let's settle in. Hello, hi, and welcome to Medium Lady Talks. I'm your host, Erin. This is episode 25. Uh, Because it's an episode that ends on the five, I am uh, calling it a five things to try right now. The last uh, five things to try was episode 15, which happened hmm, sometime, I think, around June, if you're interested in hearing that one. And there's also a five things to try, which is just episode number five. Um, Way back in the early inception of this uh, season of Medium Lady, um, which was five things to try, and that would have been somewhere around March or April. So what I like to do with these episodes, five things to try, is to uh, offer up a few things that uh, might take a bit of effort, but really fall under my personal philosophy of medium effort. Medium effort being the things in which we put a little bit of thought and effort into defining what matters and excluding what doesn't, but really understanding with purpose the boundaries of who we are as people and what makes us feel our best before kind of throwing ourselves into the thing at hand. Um, medium effort typically is something that I, uh, I do first. I try to do first. Actually, I don't always do first, but I definitely try to. And then the other sort of part that holds hands with that is mindful fun. Mindful fun being the sensory tactile experience of joy, pleasure, happiness in a way that snaps you out of the hamster wheel of your own internal narrative. And the five things to try right now are my ways of making recommendations for either medium effort or mindful fun. Um, And both of these are really meant to coach myself through Um, the ways in which I'm living a life that uh, is most defined by me and who I am and the ways of which I'm um, experiencing the most of my life in the present. (laughs) So we're going to talk about five things right now. Some of those five things you'll notice uh, make reference to some of my writing. If you're interested, you can always find my writing over on Instagram at medium.lady. And uh, not only do I promote the podcast over there, but I also take as many opportunities as possible to flex my creative writing muscle. Um, Sometimes that looks like poetry. Sometimes it looks like a longer form reflective essay. And what I'm learning most recently is there's probably uh, a desire in me to do some writing that um, doesn't fit on Instagram. And so I'm kind of exploring a little bit personally about what that means for me. So a few of the things I'm going to talk about today I've already written about before, and if you want to hear more of um, my thoughts on those on those areas, you can certainly seek out those posts, and I'll do my best to link them in the show notes. If um, you're not following me on Instagram already, I hope you will do so. It's probably the best way to get to know me outside of the podcast. I'm on stories, I do the occasional IG live, and um, I like to have fun and using it as a creative outlet, but mostly to build community and a connection. So the other thing you'll definitely find on Instagram are other Medium Lady listeners, and um, we're, uh, really, we're really a nice group of folks over there, so <laughs> I hope you'll come and join, join in the fun. Um, if you Instagram isn't your thing, I do hope you'll take a few moments to give the podcast a rating and review on 
whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Uh, It also always helps if you share the episode. You think that someone could resonate with some of the five things I'm going to suggest in this episode. I hope you just pass it on to them. Uh, That is always going to be the best way for us to grow is through um, community network and connections that folks make to the content to the people that they care about most in their lives. And I'm always so grateful for your time, both your time to listen to this episode as well as your time to connect with me on Instagram or your time to share the episode with other um, folks that you uh, that you care about. So without any further ado, I'm going to just jump right into this episode. This is the first episode I've done with just myself in quite a long time. I actually am not really sure the last, it probably was my books episode. Uh, My summer reading um, review episode was the last episode where I just kind of chitty chatted on my own. Um, I have been doing brief opportunities to kind of wax poetic, I guess, before my interviews. Um, But um, I guess without 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 knowing I'm introducing an interview, I'm I'm feeling um a little bit uh not quite so used to this format, which is funny because in all honesty, it was really the first twenty or so episodes of the podcast were for the most part um, not interview based. But um, we've had some great guests on the podcast the last few episodes, and I'm so grateful to everyone who's joined in. After this episode next week, you will enjoy a great, another book podcast episode um, from my friends um, Allie Openlander and uh, Jillian O'Keefe are going to join in. Episode 26 will be all about your cozy Christmas reads. Uh, We're going to make a few recommendations about books that we think folks might enjoy over the holidays when people take some time off and um, there's a little less uh, rush, rush pressure. Um, There's a lot more opportunities to settle in and read and um, we want to make sure that you're prepared with the with some seasonal picks. So you can stay tuned for that. Um, that'll be my, my next week's episode. But uh, for the moment now, you're, you're just uh, stuck with little old me. And I'm actually really happy to record this in an empty house. That is very rare. You probably can hear it in my voice. Oftentimes, I record in the evening and I'm um, conscious of the timber of my voice and the volume that I might use uh, when recording because I might have a little one sleeping. Or I might have um, uh, mostly a little one sleeping, but honestly, even other kind of listening ears in my house. And um, I'm not too self-conscious anymore about recording the podcast, but I definitely, um, I, I relish a sense of privacy around it. Let's just say that. And so, you know, set up here with my laptop by the Christmas tree, with my microphone way out in the open, um, sitting at a comfortable desk. I'm not hidden in the closet anywhere. I think that um, it's just a, a really nice opportunity to lean into the episode. And just a, an average, you know, winter afternoon um, doesn't always present itself with the, the perfect opportunity to record. But here we are. And we're going to just dive into five things to try right now. The first thing I'm going to recommend is that you join in with me on Instagram um, to do our Advent of Kindness Advent of Kindness is something I stumbled upon, I don't think with too much medium effort. I, I really didn't plan too much, but I decided in my very maybe second month after launching Medium Lady back in 2019 to do a bit of a, a social media campaign and bring people into the idea of counting down to the holidays, um, mindfully using kindness as a touchstone to count down those days. Um, 
I am, you know, Catholic raised by background, but no longer practicing any religious really denomination. Um, and I do recognize, of course, that the word Advent certainly has Christian connotations. But really, um, for me personally, it's this sense of uh, the ways in which we start at December 1st and we work our way to the 25th um, day by day. And taking that opportunity day by day to uh, let go of the anxiety of an approaching deadline and relish every opportunity that might meet us in the process. I can be a really strategic thinker. I can really uh, put my head down and barrel towards a final end goal. And so because of that, I like to build opportunities in my life to relish the process. That has been one of the most significant ways in which I have been able to leverage myself out of um, overwhelming anxiety on a day-to-day basis. Uh, that's when I say day-to-day basis, I mean that on the kind of like um, the non-pathological uh, kind of ways in which people might feel overwhelmed or anxious, the ways that sit outside of a diagnosis. Um, and finding ways to enjoy the process have really helped to sort my own sense of well-being into the day-to-day. Um, and so Advent of Kindness by design um, actually, you know, is something that organically really came to be um, as a way for me to really enjoy those days. Now, I had thought at the time that, hey, listen, I'm on maternity leave. I'm counting down the days to Christmas. This was a pre-pandemic world, believe it or not, two years ago, Christmas. But um, what it ended up being was a series of stop and starts uh with the theme of kindness. So kindness to yourself, kindness to your partner, kindness to strangers, kindness to your family, and then back to kindness to yourself. And that typically lasts off and on anywhere between December 1st and December 31st. So I'll be doing that again this year on Instagram. If you want to come along and join in, I'll be kicking it off this afternoon. And um, in addition to that, I do want to encourage you to think about kindness as a touchstone um, as something to try right now especially in particular I'm going to recommend kindness to strangers now in the in the advent of kindness on medium lady on instagram kindness to strangers is sort of the third third phase I guess of the advent of, of kindness typically you know during the winter months we really turn inward we 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 stay inside it's warm and cozy um But I really relish the opportunity to go out in my community more often, especially during the holidays. And it has had tremendous benefits to me in my own happiness and my own sense of well-being during the holidays. Now, in a post-pandemic world, or at least a pandemic recovery world, there's still so much uncertainty. There's so much that isn't understood at this time that our communities have been perhaps somewhat fraught with peril in terms of places where we can have happiness and connection. But I think we really need to mindfully press up against that notion that we need to be afraid of strangers or that we need to be against strangers and that people who are not of us are against us. This is a very dangerous but pervasive way of thinking in our current climate right now. I work in an environment where folks go toe-to-toe way more often than they used to, and there seems to be an ever-growing rhetoric of an us-against-them type of mentality. I think the only way to build against this, um, and I actually don't, I don't really think it's, it's all that, it's all that 
the majority of folks feel, but I do know that I think it's what we're hearing the most often. And so we have to mindfully take an opportunity to create a new narrative around our senses of community, our ways in which we connect with strangers, our ways in which strangers are are safe to us, ways in which we can help strangers, um, and build more of that into our, our personal psyche around the holidays as a way to feel well, as a way to feel safe and whole in the places where we live and the places where we spend our time that aren't home. So, um, you know, I, the theme of this, of this um, acts of kindness to strangers, you know, um, I, I, I'll give you a few examples is, you know, you can go really hard into this or you can actually... Um, go sweet and subtle and and you're going to know what feels best but for the most part the thing that I get the most feedback from uh, folks in the medium lady community is definitely about acts of kindness to strangers and just how good it makes people feel to do nice things you know this may be something like uh, bringing coffee for an older person who lives nearby or you know I'm really lucky my husband's grandparents still live really close to us um and actually, one year uh, I had bought them coffee and uh, I went to drop it off and they actually weren't home. And so instead of dropping off Nick's grandparents' coffee, I, I walked into the local library and I said, hey, librarians, thanks for being amazing. Uh, here are some coffees. <laughs> and I walked out and they were so surprised and tickled. And I didn't spend too much time in there. So who knows? Maybe they hated coffee. But honestly, um, You know, these can be little things like letting people in front of you in line, letting people, you know, uh, in traffic, thanking retail workers for their patience, you know, um, leaving an abundance of positive comments on social media. Um, Don't spend too much time on the scroll. Spend your time writing, saying nice things about people and then override your self-consciousness. You know, a lot of us, when we think comes down to interacting with strangers and and this is something that I wax and wane on personally uh, as a very shy child sometimes I feel embarrassed and silly or self-conscious and nervous you know sometimes I even feel like really meek and um, and other times I feel really comfortable and confident you know gearing up to make a few simple gestures to my neighbors sometimes I can honestly talk myself out of even something as simple as leaving a poinsettia on someone's porch um you know, people who are strangers, but not really, you know, those are the folks where you can really feel the most self-conscious about. It's the, it's the people that you might run into again, who might think like, oh, here's this weird lady who's doing weird things. Um, when in reality, dropping a gift off to a neighbor is really not weird at all. It's, it's quite lovely and sweet. Um, when I first started Acts of Kindness to Strangers, I really hesitated with my neighbors in particular because I'd never really connected with them in that way before. And that is very funny to me now looking back on the pandemic because really my neighbors became the people that I got to see the most often, even at a distance when we were all in lockdown. You know, it's the movement between cars or it's the daily walks of our family around the neighborhood, seeing folks from their porches that really built connection and community. And so perhaps um, I think those gestures that I worried about came from a world where uh, we didn't have to, um, we could go wherever we wanted for community. And when we were locked down, we had to really take stock of our own roots and, um, and, and, and source connection uh, from, from, from a very like small circle around a map. 
Um, the great thing about acts of kindness to strangers is that I've been able to bring my kids into it and, and they can get really creative. And so if you have kids in your life, I would really recommend that you source ideas from them. They can get pretty wild and wonderful when it comes to thinking of nice things to do for people. And um, I really enjoy the opportunity to help them lean into where they feel comfortable to be kind to strangers um, and also nurturing in, in other ways, the ways in which they might be not comfortable. But I can be there for them and I can support them with that. So that's the first thing to try right now is to try considering some acts of kindness to strangers between now and December 25th or the end of the year and and come back and let me know. Uh, Let me know how it helped you, how it made you feel and and how you helped somebody else. Okay, the second thing to try right now um, is is again a sweet holiday uh, sense of humor let's not take the holidays too seriously. And this is uh, ornaments with a sense of humor. (laughs) So ornaments with a sense of humor. Um, My mom and her brother, Lar, have had this ongoing joke about a word that comes from, I think it comes from my Guyanese culture, and that word is kumarish. And kumarish is something that's sort of campy, sort of ugly, um, sort of um, uh, bearing a sense of look at me, Uh, something that's maybe a little bit tacky. um, And that is really the word kumarish. This is a word my grandma used to use. And sometimes it plays into decor. Sometimes it plays into clothes. But ornaments with a sense of humor really fall squarely in the sense of kumarish. And my uncle has really embraced this by designing a Christmas tree or, or setting a Christmas tree aside in his own home for ornaments that are strictly kumarish ornaments. And I think you know the ones that I'm that I'm thinking of. Um, it always shocks me to look back on the first Christmases I spent with Nick um, when we were married and the ways in which I really lamented how kind of sparse our Christmas tree felt. It really felt like we'd have to invest hundreds of dollars in order to have a beautiful tree. But trees and ornaments are the kind of things that really build over time. And I myself have actually leaned into buying ornaments with purpose every year, just a few ornaments with purpose every year. And these are ornaments that really only make me happy. They are ornaments that nobody else in my family really thinks are all that, you know, remarkable. And this actually came from very early on in the medium lady life, which was a really important pivotal point of self-discovery for me and that was that I was really um, downplaying my own sense of girliness. I'm, I'm quite a girly girl. I was really downplaying my sense of girliness. You know, I don't know if it's 2021, if I can still say that. But, you know, as a kid, I'd really like lean hard into Barbies, fairy tales, dress up, you know, all of these things. And and of course, I, I consider myself, you know, a progressive feminist. Um, but my interests still really lean towards that classification of girly girl stuff. However, all of my sons are, you know, at this point, they're, they're, They're boys and they're all, you know, really into, um, I guess from a consumer perspective, things that have been traditionally geared towards boys. I think you can, you can hear the hesitation in my voice because I'm learning the better way to speak about this. So of course, please accept that my own growth as I kind of talk about this as an experience of a, of a parent of a boys, um, is, uh, is, uh, oh, an ever learning curve. And, and I'm, I'm open to that learning curve. Um, but as you know, my kids 
had really bonded to their dad and really embraced many of the things that their dad is an expert in, you know, sports, comics, video games, um, drawing, comics, Legos, Ghostbusters, you know, (laughs) power tools, Pokemon, uh, you name it. And they are way into the things that he's into. And for some reason early on, that really left me downplaying or muting some of the things that I was interested in because I felt like if I couldn't share it with my kids then I had to do it on my own time then I had to turn down the volume with which I enjoyed things this is things like my enjoyment of collecting makeup I would sort of go to the store and pick out some makeup and come home and enjoy it on my own but I wouldn't share it with anybody and I certainly wouldn't really tell people that I um I wouldn't show show it to them or share it with them or Uh, allow my excitement or enjoyment of the thing to be on display Um, and that actually became really pervasive so why why is that part of the conversation about um, fun ornaments the reason is that this all came to a head oddly enough over ornaments I had discovered two uh, ballerina felted woodland creature ornaments one was a bunny and one was a mouse and dressed up in ballerina costumes and they were ornaments And I stumbled upon them and I thought, God, I love those. I would love to get those. And the first thing that came up in my mind was, well, you can't because you have boys and the boys won't appreciate that. And so I didn't buy them. But in the end, I actually, you know, talking, (laughs) talking it through, it actually became like thematically something that I explored with my therapist. And I went back and I bought them and they gave me tremendous delight and joy. So much so that last year I bought some more and this year I bought another one. And so now I have a really sweet collection of woodland felted creatures. Uh, Some are ballerinas, some are, one of them is a mouse wearing a backpack, the other one is a mouse with a coffee cup. I have a couple of other ballerinas, but they're all these sort of felted woodland creatures wearing clothes. And they make me so happy. And I look forward to next year finding another little character or two. I probably should start naming them uh, and add little uh, add little name tags to them so that they really can kind of take on a life of their own. But this is something you should try. Just try it. I mean, ornaments are really a low uh, cost entry to joy. You know, this is kind of like those weird things in life that you forget don't cost anything at all. And then the return on investment for joy and happiness is so amazing. It's like a bottle of sparkly nail polish probably runs you $8. But every single time you put on that sparkly nail polish, you really get the thrill of the thing. Ornaments with a sense of humor, ornaments that tell a story, ornaments that connect to a part of just delight and wonder in your life are 100% worth it. And they also make really great gifts. So I'll just leave that as an aside. Uh, That is the second thing I think you should try right now. The third thing is we're in the gift giving season. um, And whether you are um, celebrating Christmas or not, um, many people connect over gifts at this time of year. I'm going to recommend this is this is absolutely life changing. I'm going to recommend personalized gifts. It's true. Not just a personalized, well, personalized gifts in some ways, but um, also photo based gifts. These are the kinds of things that people really love, but they don't buy for themselves and they don't think to ask for or put on a wish list. They're also the kinds of things that 
It's hard to not like or it's hard to, to feel like someone didn't think of you. When you really want to pour thought and love into a gift, if you personalize it, even if it's not exactly what that person wanted, the effort that it takes and the meaningfulness with which you take to personalize something, uh, it really allows for broader connection and a deeper sense of communication across the gift. That's the reason you give a gift, right? The reason you give a gift is to communicate something to the person you're giving the gift. Usually care, affection, uh, uh, appreciation, gratitude, love, whatever it may be. Um, And I love giving personalized gifts this time of year. One of my favorite things to do for teachers in particular is to give them gifts that use their initial. Um, And this is also fun for our kids. So I either use their last name initial or their first name initial. But um, sometimes this is something as simple as like a water tumbler with their initial on it, an ornament with their initial on it. Um, You can often find um, uh, coffee mugs, candles. You can find someone's initial on many things. And that can often be a really great way to just add an extra touch um, on a gift. Um, It's also a really great way to elevate a gift that doesn't cost very much. One of my favorite things to give is small, um, small uh, tubes, I guess. (laughs) Tubes is a weird word. Small tubes of hand lotion with cards uh, and using, you know, my words to kind of thank people when I um, am at work. And this year, what I was able to find were some small, um, small like mittens with people's initials on them. And I'm going to add the lotion and the cards into the mitten and give those out as gifts. And, you know, it's not very expensive, but just having that initial, um, again, really allows me to communicate the care and thought and the gratitude or the appreciation that I might have for somebody by making it only for them. When you give a personalized gift, it can only be given to the recipient. And there's something extra special about that. The other thing is I can't recommend enough finding photo-based gifts for folks. Uh, I also, I love even just seeing what I've made with my own imagination. Um, I have found I, I will be, you know, giving out a variety of photo-based gifts, including mugs, including socks, including um including just photos themselves in picture frames. These are all great gifts and you would be shocked. The amount of things you can put a picture on these days uh, is of the widest variety. And uh, I just find that endlessly fun. Um, Everybody needs a coffee mug and what better coffee mug than something that has a photograph of something that you know the person loves or cares about. Okay, The fourth thing to try right now is to see your home with new eyes. This is sort of something that I always come back to this time of year, mostly because I find I'm pulling out ornaments, decorations, we pull out the tree, I'm going to change out my throw pillows, we're going to light some different kinds of candles, and we sort of transform our home as the setting of our holiday experience as a family. And this always helps me see my home with new eyes, but really seeing your home with new eyes can be done anytime. And it can really benefit us from a mental health standpoint when we see our homes as a source of overwhelm or guilt or shame. You know, I've shared many times on Instagram before and even on the podcast that in order to really lean into the things that make me feel most like myself, I do have to drop the ball in a number of different areas. 
My friend Stephanie Cunningham talked about this really beautifully in episode 23, which is about the ways in which you don't have to feel vulnerable about certain things. You know, she says, you know, you can't, I don't need to feel vulnerable about my my laundry pile because it doesn't define my worth as a person. And I'm having more and more ways to wrap language around how that feels. But in a lot of ways, as a busy person with a creative life that I try to nurture and really relationships that mean the world to me, my home is an area where I have allowed a relaxing of what's acceptable. And that sometimes means that I actually see my home with critical eyes. But I see my home with critical eyes in the way that I say, my home isn't perfect, but it's okay because I have all these other things that are more important to me. And I think even I could probably challenge myself to stop right there, to say, uh, my home does exactly what it needs me to do. I, I have these kinds of feelings when I'm at home. I feel, I feel safe. I feel positive. I feel comfortable at home. I know that my home is full of treasures. I know that my home has many places for us to rest. I know that my home is a space for creativity. I know that my home is full of laughter. And to see my home with new eyes can happen on that metaphysical level, but it can also even happen on that physical level as we pull out these decorations, these decorations that we use year after year. I think that we have a really great opportunity to look at our home with new eyes and to consider the ways in which we can um, either make small changes to enjoy our homes in new dimensions. Sometimes this means like moving a chair to a space where there never was a chair before. But in other ways, it's also changing your routine so that you spend time in different areas of your home. Uh, Back, I think it was in September, I had talked about designing a really relaxing shower spa experience. And that just involved me moving bathrooms and building a spa experience in a different space really helped me see my home with new eyes. It really helped me see the new areas in which I could experience relaxation and comfort um, while, uh, while, (laughs) while really making very little structural changes at all. Um, The other thing is for me, whatever reason, this time of year, it always gets me thinking about moving. I I don't know why that is. Um, And, um, you know, I always kind of have this like pull of longing, this sort of sense of possibilities if we lived in a different space. And I really want to try to make sure that I'm getting those feelings at home, that sense of possibility, you know, and and that sense of possibility and, and making that more portable is, you know, when do I feel envious of other people's homes? When do I feel envious of folks who buy a new house and move? And pull that apart a little bit more and deconstruct it so that I can actually recreate it in my own home. Sometimes the things that I wish I had was a, a bigger basement designed for, you know, game nights. Well, in all honesty is I probably can spend a bit of effort getting myself there but I just have to make sure that I have a really compelling reason to to dig into my home or not to dig in to allow my home to create different kinds of moments for me but if I want to be a family that has game nights then I also have to consider um you know how to also build that routine in because sometimes you know if we had the space we'd have game nights But, you know, 
does that is that worthy of a bit more examination is that worthy of a bit more questioning i don't know if you can see what what's happening here is is if you think about oh if we had a space for game nights we would have game nights but also can i recreate a space or can i create a routine in which we have game nights and then i'll have exactly what i want exactly where i am that is a little bit of what I mean when I talk about medium effort is sometimes it's not just about going after the thing that you think is a solution, but is about sort of unpacking and deconstructing, as I said before, to find the more practical ways in which you um, align yourself with the feelings that you think you can't have. Whenever I see my home with new eyes, I'm able to get specific about what I want and put it into action. And I think staying focused on what you want um, it is possible. It is possible to figure out, um, you know, what you need and how to get there. You know, I have three kids. I have three boys. My home is small and maybe we will move someday. Um, but, but in all honesty, as I continue to flex that muscle of seeing my home with new eyes, I am able to figure out new fun ways to live in our home and to enjoy it. And that has been a great experience in and of itself. I know I'm not alone in how folks feel their home and their overwhelm and their sense of space affects their well-being, especially through a pandemic. And many folks may feel as though their homes are absolutely perfect and have been the best places for them to be during things like lockdown and isolation. I would be really interested to hear what you think. Are you ready to see your home with new eyes? Maybe you've already made a change um, and maybe you already plan to move or change things up a bit. And what does that mean for you when your home uh, and the visual space of your home has an effect and um, and can uh, impact your own sense of, of mental well-being or, or sense of, of peace and calm um, in the space? Okay, we're coming up on the last and final thing to try right now. And this is, again, very holiday specific. It's something that I'm leaning into so much lately. And that is really, really specific playlists. (laughs) I love a good playlist. And on Medium Lady on Instagram, you will find a lot of my own recommendations for playlists that I have made or playlists that I just loved and had to share with others. Um, One of the things I'm building right now is a playlist that is uh, meant to recreate the sense of your life if it were were a holiday movie. And I cannot tell you how much I am enjoying building this playlist. It has been nothing but mindful fun for me. Playlist building is so mindful because you really have to think, and I come from that generation that really did, we made mixtapes, we made burn CDs, we built playlists on Napster, we downloaded music, we're all way into that. And I love the mindful experience of getting lost in building a playlist. And Spotify just is totally my jam for that. Um, there's nothing quite like having every single song you could want on your, at your fingertips. Um, I mean, I know there's also a big trend for vinyl lately and it does give me a bit of FOMO that like, oh, maybe I should get a turntable. Maybe I should try vinyl. But regardless, building a really, really specific playlist is such a great way to spend an hour or two just listening to music, thinking about the order of the music thinking about the ways the music will make you feel as you make your way through the playlist. These are all things that I just love to do. And the playlist I'm building right now is so specific in that it's meant to evoke a sense of holiday movies 
while I go about my daily activities. Um, And then what I really got into was like, well, what are the genres of holiday movies? So I could really go into this with you on the podcast right now. You know, I felt like there was the sort of the Christmas caper. uh, That's your kind of your diehard, your home alone movie. There's the Christmas in New York movie. That's like your elf or again, Home Alone, I guess, Home Alone in New York, part two. Um, And then there's your like old fashioned stop motion or animated classic. There's also your Hallmark movie, your holiday Hallmark movie. There's these kind of romantic, sweet stories. And then there's your holiday family drama comedy, you know, the Family Stone kinds of movies. These are the five genres that are kind of driving how I'm building my Christmas playlist right now. And there's something so good about it being really, really specific because it has a beginning, a middle and an end. And there will be a point pretty soon, I'm sure, that the playlist will be complete and I'll walk away from it and I'll just get to enjoy it through the rest of the holiday. And that is also very satisfying to have something end in these days when you know, it's an endless scroll, it's an endless email list, it's an endless to do, the sense of things you could be worried about is never ending. A playlist, man, you could start building a playlist and end building a playlist and then you could just enjoy that dang playlist as much as you can. Um, I will be sure to share my uh, Your Life But A Christmas Movie playlist on Instagram. So if you want to catch that, uh, I'll try to link it in the show notes if I can, but if not, you'll find it on, on Instagram for sure. And uh, please build your own playlist and tag me or send it to me. 100% I will listen to it. Absolutely. I love when folks send and share stuff with me. And that's it. That's the five things to try right now. So let's do a rundown. The first thing was advent of kindness, especially kindness to strangers. The second thing is to lean into ornaments with a sense of humor. Pick up one or two that really speak to you and tell a story. The third is personalized gifts, especially gifts that use photos or initials. The fourth is to see your home with new eyes and, uh, you know, get really specific about what you want from your home and, and figure out what's possible. And the fifth is really, really specific playlists. I think we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, I am really grateful for your time to listen to the podcast today. Thank you so much for hanging out with me for the last little few moments. I hope you'll try one or all five of these things. And uh, please, if if you can, if you're interested, come and connect with me over on Instagram. I can be uh, found at medium.lady over there. Don't forget to rate and review, follow and subscribe to the podcast and share it with somebody who needs to try one of these things right now. I hope you are well wherever you are. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Erin. This has been Medium Lady Talks. I will see you again soon. Bye.